Hello, Interabang. Welcome. Hello. Hope you're doing well. Stephanie, how are you doing today? I am doing absolutely smashingly today. Really? Mm. Can you indulge I'm on very that? Proud. I'm very proud um, and very excited to share that we, Michelle and I, Interabang, have um, acquired new equipment. Uh, hopefully you can tell from my end because I had potato quality. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh regarding sound uh and we have you know gotten ourselves a little christmas present yes and i i'd like to thank stephanie uh for her extensive research and uh i for detail on um with a proper investment to go with in terms of a, of a i must product. thank you very much for this wonderful investment yes the um, funding yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> The patron. Um, also, just a disclaimer here in Terabang, um, you know, we te- we're, we're planning to focus this episode kind of around the topic of sound. And um, we just quite enthusiastic. Because we're so grateful to have good sound quality yes. for once. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, we were quite enthusiastic about this and uh, planning this episode. So I just wanted to give a disclaimer. You may have noticed already and seen like the overall time uh, duration of this episode, but it will be a little bit longer. Um, it'll be the same general format, but we just have a little bit more to share and discuss is what we're planning. So um, planning to be closer to about an hour's time versus our usual. So I just wanted to be transparent and let you know that in Terabang, just, just to give you kind of that uh, heads up um, there. But, uh, but yeah, no, we are, we're excited. Um, definitely. And hopefully that you're enjoying and also able to uh, notice and appreciate um, the, the quality content quality content for once <laughs> yes for once hopefully so, uh, <laughs> we 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 uh we we definitely will always cherish though our um previous um escapades of sound that, that technology has not gone away we can always return to it if you so choose but we would yeah. like to hope that this one is if you're excited about better. the nostalgic aspect about you know <laughs> going back down there we we are more than happy to oblige um but for today's opener I just want to kind of get that started here is um, on the nature of sound. Do tell. Um, my question for you, Stephanie and Interra Bang, is what sounds are, what particular sounds are pleasing versus not pleasing to you? And this is not like, mm. I wouldn't totally say like types of music, like, Mm-mm. oh, I can't just, stand just heavy sound. metal or something sure. versus, but like, any kind of sound. I'll start off with what I don't like straight off the bat. Okay. Um, shrill, high pitched sounds. Not for me. No like way. What? Um, like I hate to sound say this because it's gonna alienate me from which percentage of people. Um, but like some female singers are just not the vocal quality is just not for me. Like, you know, good for them. I'm glad they mm. are able to make money and success off of, you know, what they do, but no, I can't. I can't listen to them. Very sensitive periods. How does it make you feel exactly? Like it's do you get irritated or just frustrated? Are you just just completely just, just, just turned off from it? Uh, turned off would imply that I'm able to tune it out, but unfortunately, that frequency is just a little bit difficult to not pay attention to. So I just kind of sit and simmer in silence, just suffering. Okay. You kind Sorry, of, that was you a lot. Kind of, you, kind of, you kind of like bite your grit your teeth and just kind of 
count count the seconds passed to get it through it yes yes okay um uh how about you what what we'll start off with what we both don't like and then we can get on to the the happier days (laughs) for me it's oh i was gonna be all over the place i like how we have different i like how we have different approaches i was gonna Uh, kind of oscillate back and forth and build on that Um, much like a sound wave it got it's got to bounce somewhere because for me it's like when thinking of this question, I had a little more time than you, Stephanie. Mm. I, was, I thought it was questions, so I had some things to kind of shape out. You about would, it. you would have that advantage, one would think. Yes, so I definitely acknowledge that. Um, you know, I immediately started thinking of, like, yeah, there's certain things I definitely recognize that have irritated me, but I was just like trying to recall. It's tough because of memory of like how they always irritated me as long as I can remember, or was it like kind of like a like a auditory gag reflex? Like did something happen and then since then, like I don't like that. Mm. Um, but you know, something that I've become pretty well connected to, I guess it's yes, since almost ten years now is mm. uh, ASMR, which is kind of a buzz buzzword. I feel in the recent years. I think um, it's over typified now. Like it's over. It like is. It, it, it originally was something, I don't say niche, right? But mm-hmm. it was a very particular thing. And then much like the word hipster, it's grown into something else yeah. entirely, which is not necessarily true to the original meaning. Yeah. You know, so it says, ASMR what does it stand for? It's an again? acronym for autonomous sensory meridian response. It's just the meridian idea response. that you get kind of, it's this kind of magical, um, Tingly sensation, right? tingly sensation it's pleasurable it's positive usually pleasurable or positive because kind of weird reaction to certain sound cues that aren't necessarily like musical it could be like the sound of like crinkling paper or you know wind blowing or um tapping um you know i have scratching. a question because mm-hmm. i know some people are more sensitive to asmr than others yes um and i I think I kind of get it, but I'm not like huge into actively seeking it. You know, I know there's some people who do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get this little like shiver, not shiver, but you know, a little like tingly sensation. Like I've just scratched an itch, but it's like at the back of my neck, like just kind of like the base um, of my skull. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you feel the same or if you get like a different sensation just somewhere else in your head. Yeah, I did a little research because I'm someone who is extremely sensitive mm. to the sound cues um, i'm also sensitive to getting like goosebumps and hearing certain music or voices as well mm. um and i have done a little bit of research to see if there's a connection between the two that so if some people are just more susceptible sure. um, to having that kind of somatic response to types of sound um and and there is it kind of deals with kind of your emotional response center the dopamine that's just gets dumped when you're anticipating something um a little bit yeah and as well as your reward center um mm. so there is definitely kind of a connection there um so for me yeah ASMR is something I mainly utilize it um you know I like to meditate and listen to meditation tapes frequently pretty or just sure I meditate every day sometimes twice a day um since I was a child um because my brain moves quite quickly over the place so i like to kind of simplify things but asmr something i was drawn to you know once i got a smartphone and could mm-hmm. like watch readily accessible yeah technology. things like in bed versus like having it on my computer um, sure. to go to bed too sometimes when i had some like late night anxiety so watching those videos i noticed for me it also was a part of 
for ASMR, it was the added visual effect of it. Um, not just listening uh, okay. to the sounds, um, but like the seeing like a being able to watch the video of how it's created or something well it was just like the company of a kind of the false sense of company of somebody else because a lot of them the nature of the like the delivery is very like comforting nurturing like parental so it's kind of like someone's like sitting next to you telling you a bedtime story kind of feeling until you drift off to sleep i like the disembodied voice of like um the asmr clips of like a barbershop i mean i don't yeah like the barbershop experience it makes me shiver in a not so <laughs> exciting way yeah but like shiver and recoil from fear <laughs> but it's such an interesting notion yeah um to have like such a disembodied voice induce you into you know whatever reflexes or reactions i'm like noticing how quietly we're talking right now like yeah it's really we're talking, so, we're talking so small because we feel so confident that like it's being picked up well and I'm like, wow, we're both talking like centimeters right now. I no longer in, feel like, like I need to shout like a foot away, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's really nice to be able to hold yeah. it up close. Yeah, it's probably kind of bothersome to kind of talk so close, but um, I'll, I'll try and keep it, you know, a good good couple inches away. Yeah. No, I'm just like I'm just <laughs> noticing, like she's speaking so small, and I'm also feel like I'm speaking small. Um, but yeah, back to the question, just to just uh, kind of wrap it up. I just yeah, for yeah. me, things I don't like, I don't like nails on a chalkboard. Um, because I. It's the it's because my I brain, don't know anybody who does my because my brain visualizes I don't like the the visualization of a nail being picked up Just grading up against I don't like nails in. popping off that creeps me out and then food smacking I don't like to hear yes I don't like that don't I'm do sorry it. don't do it uh, um, I apologize for any triggers that I have created um, what do I like I don't I think I like like mellow um, voices you know. Um, which I I agree. I know I'm I'm hypocritical because I go all over the place. Um, <laughs> I also quite like when people laugh um, and it's infectious. I think that's a lovely sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some some laughs put me off, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint until I heard it. But um, I love the infectious ones because they it's just a little weird sound every day. No, you have a good point. So I guess, yeah, for me, like ASMR, the goal is to help me relax to the point of falling asleep. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are other sounds I like that like don't make me fall asleep. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel joy or, or something like like laughter. And, you know, this is kind of a, a preview of it. Uh, you know, we will be mentioning, you know, the end where we go through our songs list. Um, some of our, some of the songs incorporate these elements. Like for me, um, sound nature sounds through their songs sounds sounds through their some some nature is good some nature is both i like um rain sounds those are nice gentle rain rain a thunderstorm just even like the most violent thunderstorm i don't like thunderstorms pleasant oh okay i think it's because it's too sporadic for me the thunder i'm a stormy personality what can i say (laughs) all over the place uh i like um beach waves and um like mountain creek streams mountain creek that's not very waterfalls. specific not just a creek not just not a lake gotta go plenty old some, creek. it's gotta few, be mountainous a, a few rocks it's, it's gotta have a certain rocks. kind of velocity mm-hmm. ah okay okay because that gives a certain kind of uh can't just be a sound. stagnant lake no um the trickle i'm not a huge fan of like tiny trickle mm, okay um i don't one thing that always interests me is like the white noise 
Mm. I get anxiety. I feel like I, I'm I do being too. smothered, like like a pillow to my face, and I freak. I start freaking out. I I don't know. I just want to get out of the situation. It's a panic. I'm not as bothered, but I do. I am able to detect it usually. Um, like I yeah. think I was the only one in my house when I was growing up who could, um, because my parents just I guess too, um, like it, it's just out of the hearing range, and then my brother was somehow did not acquire that ability and so i was mm-hmm. the only one it's like you left the tv on back in the old days where you had to turn off several things for the tv in order to make sure it's off not just oh, one single you button hear, i know you're talking about you could kind of hear the yeah here's for the kids you know um yeah the the post millennials <laughs> get a load of this the tvs <laughs> was not just one button you had to turn off you had to it turn was... off like a couple other different devices i don't even it's remember the names of them simplified. Mm-hmm. um you know TV all the or something the this, remotes. yeah mm-hmm. so um often uh, only one would be turned off and because uh, people would be too tired to turn off the other one if for some reason or if just forget and didn't realize and i i was like hey gotta turn it off okay yeah yeah I, good stuff i think um yeah i know like the other yeah, white noise like for me i I've talked about a little bit how I don't like flying and I know that plays a part of it because there is that kind of constant slight like white noise effect on airplanes mm, in the cabin mm-hmm. and that just like adds to it's confounds to the I overall. make sure to blare music that I really want as loud as I can particularly echoey music I feel like for plane rides echoey music just somehow really calm like mm-hmm. uh, I say echoey like with lots of reverb okay I mean that's why I like cigarettes um <sighs> Because it just somehow like that that reverb just helps me. I guess it's just dependable. It takes you out of the situation you're in. I mean, I feel like you talked about with specifically Sugaras, like they're able to kind of help you transport to a different place out of like the tight yeah. confines of your seat dimension for those Doctor Strange fans. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, or like I remember speaking of like you know growing up with your family like. You know, growing up in the South, it's quite warm. We rely completely on air conditioning. Oh, my goodness. So whenever I moved away. You cannot live without it. Yeah. Whenever I moved away to places that did in the country that did not require AC, I just realized how much more I preferred that. Just the silence um, Mm. that came with not having the AC. Constant buzz. Turning on and off and kicking on and off and everything. And so when I would come back to visit and stay with my family, I would, first of all, my body had trouble adapting because i found it was so cold inside <laughs> it was freezing all the time sure but it was also just the, the noise i was just like very put off by it even though i was only gone for you know maybe six months to a year if that um but yeah in Terabank, i don't know if there's certain things you know, whether or not you can recall a specific memory yeah like some people yeah trigger a certain memory a sound or if it's just always been soothing or just you've feel you're moved in a certain way but i don't know i just wanted to kind of have that be the opener today a little bit um especially for the topic we're having um another thing that's happened in recent recently um in regards to this episode recording is is um the passing of of chuck yeager chuck yeager yeager i believe it is i think Um, it's chuck i've heard chuck yeager yeah i think it is yeager uh he passed away recently and he was uh, the first person to break the sound barrier it was ooh very after cool after world war ii 1947 um over the mojave desert um something if you want to look into uh, and tara Banger, stephanie kind of interesting moment also to me i mean wow what a moment like you know, like, you know we're such our, we're, as 
Cubans physical body were just such frail little capsules of little bones and flesh and we muscles. We are so and, fragile. And just so fragile. I mean, yes, he was in the safety of, a, yeah, of an airplane, but he's just flying. I mean, he just went straight up and then he flew down and yeah, just the G forces and all that. And, and can, how he, can, and I he get, can I give a shout out to those engineers who, you know, made sure the plane was safe and capable right? of these. Yeah. Stunts. There's all that too. Yeah. Then just flying up there. Oh. Um, like I'll never forget, like watching live, like the Felix Baumgartner. I'm not pronouncing yeah, that last I, name. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yep. Like the Red Bull jump, where he just like you know flew up in the in the like it's kind of like a fancy weather balloon kind of thing, and then like yeah, left. But it seemed like he was falling from space, even yeah. though it was just like a very high part of. I forgot which strat. Like was it stratosphere or troposphere? I don't. I don't want to say because. But it's one one of the spheres, one of that you know atmosphere thing. It was a record, yeah. And he just when he jumped, when he stepped on that cute little like three step ladder that was out Mm. of the. I was like, it was so like a cute little step ladder, like you do to like change a light bulb, but it was like above everything. (laughs) You could see the curvature of the Earth. I believe was is that correct? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, Yeah, it was amazing. And then I remember his last words before jumping was like, I'm going home now. And I was like, oh, those were very proud. I don't know if people Sweet. rehearse those lines. I know the Neil delivery. Armstrong, he, he flubbed his delivery. I believe it was like, it was something different than one small step for men, one giant leap for mankind. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was some, the first one was supposed to be different man, mm-hmm. different kind of man. I forgot what. Okay. Um, humans, I don't know. But um then you know the the one he ended up saying just took off but he he meant something slightly different okay but it you know it's the the, the whole feeling i guess it's just generally there maybe this is like the difference between you know i i feel my hypothesis is like i feel strongly there's definitely like different species of humans because of just how different we can be like you mean like homo neanderthalus no like in modern day like how different like i could never do what those people did i think that's just how much adrenaline you've even with training and everything i just no nope i feel like that i think i could you could okay i think i've i've got like a multi-faceted mindset i think i can switch tasks yeah, they have to do a lot. Those like that kind of stress and sure. physical toil. Because and I also, but also besides that, like in those moments, I would like I had my little quote ready to go. Yeah, and I'd be ready for it. I'd be like, mm. but then the minute that door swings open, I would just be like, lose your guts. Oh my god! <laughs> it would just be something like, oh my god! And, I, and then they'd be like, say the line. I'd be like, oh my god, yeah. you guys, you won't. Whoa, ho, ha, he. And I, it would just be the, the beauty of it, though, because I do not like crowds or people very much. Like as as an entity, right? Mm-hmm. Individually, they're okay. Um, and the idea of just being somewhere very remote, whether it's space or like the grand canyon or you know just just somewhere that's just not filled with people mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel all right like i'm not nervous or the prospect and yeah if you're a pioneer all right you know great um but I, you know i i tend to lose my train of thought a million times a day mm-hmm. so i'm trying to figure out how to articulate the sentence but you know stepping off the moon would probably be not much different other than you know you know you've got the whole stress of you know mission control and everybody 
on earth listening to you um say those words but other than that you know it's just it's just words you know hopefully you'll have a chance to correct them in the newspapers later on right if you if you, if you mess up and people will be nice back. enough to forgive if you yeah yeah <laughs> otherwise well that, that that mistake has been etched in like my last what if my last words were like oh my god like we're just gibberish they try to put it in a quote of like we don't know what she was saying but it was definitely just a static surely joy there and fear. must have been surely there must have been you know um like those whether it's humans or maybe some aliens you know i believe i firmly believe that aliens exist somewhere but you know but, it's just but, what you but that's just, a different that's a different topic for a different day yes sorry. but what you just shared brought me to two things of like yes. how you talked about how you don't really like crowds and like the whole idea of how we categorize ourselves as introverts or extroverts and how there's mm. kind of some gray area between that mm. of like i'm an introvert most of the time but i do enjoy going out you know etc cetera, etc cetera. like i feel that sometimes i mean people are just i feel that sometimes as humans we have such dominant characteristics like that that that's mm-hmm. why i kind of feel like that would support my argument of like were different strains like like you think of like i can think of i don't want to name any in case it doesn't age well but like celebrities that mm. based on their public persona like it feels like they genu- saying people are like like they like genuinely those- enjoy just being like surrounded by people and in the spotlight and Maybe just you, i think people are like dog breeds where they you know just have like one dog yeah, breed like, is like are, always very sociable yeah like, like golden, retriever golden retrievers versus dalmatians like very yeah very happy to be isolated it's like that (laughs) i just feel that way and then um that's an interesting take hot takes from what about (laughs) but i have a what about question like you just Uh, said the line of i lose my train of thought a million times a day and I don't even know, like, I'm, I'm probably exaggerating, but, like, how am I supposed to but know like, how many trains I'm going back. Like, the nature yeah. of trains on a track. Like, that's a track, and it has to be going... S- I'm as not- a shipping service, I would be terrible. But, like... It would just be... <laughs> Stephanie, as, an, as a single data point, has mm. a million... Given a single day, in a single moment... A All those day, lovely neural networks. There's a million... I'm like taking this in a weird direction. This might go over many people's heads. It's okay, you know. There's a million little trains going. This is like string theory in a weird way. There's a million trains going around on tracks that are lost. But there's, Mm. but like when you lose them, are they still going? But you've just lost them. But then there's Michelle, me. Uh I also have my X amount Mm. of trains of thoughts that Mm. I also am losing or building. Are they just crashing into each other? And is that like, is it like sometimes they do and that's when that's when the, what the, the insanity happens insanity, because you, that's like when your, that, your that's words what, like that's your when, words are trying to be put together and much like the sentence oh, they are not I able get to be articulated i get it yeah because well. you lost it so doesn't you're you're like that's not my problem i'm not affected anymore because you lost it you lost your train <laughs> of thought but if your runaway train of thought hits my mm. train of thought that i'm still remembering mm. possession then my words get mumbled and jumbled randomly and I don't mm. know why. Mm-hmm. But I feel that if if there's two runaway trains of thought mm-hmm. that run into each mm-hmm. other, then it's We like just some- keep talking over each other. No, no, no. I would say because we both aren't aware of it anymore. We don't have yeah. conscious control. That is what happens whenever like something in the universe happens randomly. Like an acorn just like falls from a tree with no reason. 
Ah. Or like. No, there's definitely a reason. There's no coincidences. But it's like, it's because two people's lost runaway trains of thoughts have run into each other and it's just causing that little disturbance. Sure. I don't know. I I was just, I love, I love this. I love this new train of thought. I was just picturing, (laughs) just picturing like how like muons are like, you know, new trees are like feeding and passing Mm. through like cosmic rays. But like, there's this other dimension of like trains of thought just plowing. I don't think the trains of thought have to be linear. Like, I think it's very much like a wonkovator. They're you know, the, where we're plowing you know, it's through got each other, three, all over the place. more than three dimensions, you know, one would hope because you're still thinking about them through time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Anyways. lovely, lovely um, neural network stuff that we've got there. Yeah. But back to sound. I had a few things mm. I wanted to share. I don't know if you had things you wanted also. What share. were you saying? I'm literally like half in half in one station. <laughs> Get, this isn't Sorry. Harry Potter when we're in between. I I am. Platform it's always stations. it always goes back. It always goes back to Harry Potter. <laughs> but I guess in terms of like communication, okay, I'll yes. go off of that. How we're okay. like looking at each other. Like I always get interested in like ways to communicate. How mm. sound travels through different mediums and whatnot. Like sonar interests me. Like with like mm. bats, dolphins, whales, whales. Yeah. But like with water. Like how like whenever we try, like, I don't know. I you know you try to like talk underwater and it's like weird and it's it's very how it warped, travels. but i don't know how mm-hmm. much of it is because you are trying to talk through a snorkel which is not what oh and i'm talking about we take it off take off any yeah and you're just assisted. kind of bloop, bloop, bloop. yeah but it's a density right because it's just the debt you know so much of the density difference because i think air from what i remember from scuba diving training i think it's i think water is like 800 times more dense than air or something it, it's it's an incredible amount well, yeah because because air air is like gas right yeah. and so um water is a liquid right yeah. so you know that means that the particles are more lovely jubbly all together you know and then um then you got solid particles so like if you put your ear to it you know the your table and like tap the end of your table you're definitely mm-hmm. going to hear it because sound travels a lot faster through um particles that are like very snug as a bug yeah. with each other um, like, and yeah. actually i have a fun fact huh i have a fun fact about solid molecules um scientists have discovered that um sound travels super fast through solid hydrogen which sounds amazing but also mm. kind of scary considering the flammability but uh, i think like jupiter has like a high percentage of like solid hydrogen or something mm-hmm. and so to give you perspective right normal speed of sound is about 343 meters per second mm-hmm. um which you know mach one um i guess in terms of american units uh that's like a hundred or no sorry a thousand one hundred twenty five feet per second um and uh relatively uh solid hydrogen is goes about um 36 kilometers per second or 22.4 miles per second isn't that crazy yeah I, I, i'm trying to think of like an example of where yeah how do you yeah how do you understand that value though like what can you what can how do you compare it to something you can kind of grasp and understand? so like i guess if you have some thunder that's like 22 miles away mm. um i'm trying to think what, what is what is 22 miles away from something um a marathon is what 26 miles yes. so okay so you start at one place and you can almost hear a marathon within like 
the distance of a marathon's worth mm-hmm. if it's a straight line. Um, almost like the next second. Hmm. So like if a little clap of thunder happened over the next town away from you, twenty-two miles. I feel like in England would be several towns away. <laughs> so, um, you could you could hear something very almost instantaneously. I guess is the the deal. Yeah. Well, I think about for humans, like instead of it having to. Yeah. Yeah. I think about for humans as we perceive sound, like our vocal cords have a certain a finite limitation on how much we can amplify. But we have like mm, yeah technology to to do that. But like you know, there's the two factors of like how powerful your vocal cords are, but also your mm-hmm, ears. Mm-hmm. You know, the receiving, the auditory processing, how sensitive they are. Yeah, input um, and output. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that was interesting. Of you know why we have two ears on like the position on our heads, and you know with the pinna with the outer ear shape. Different like... animals have them in different places. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And just I think that's just so interesting um, to help us kind of have that echolocation understanding. Like I remember, like you remember, like the in elementary school, like primary school, like the fun science experiment you'd have with the cups and the string and like talking and able to hear each other. Yeah. Or like on the tot lot, like um, oh sure. They'd have not just like the little echo things you would speak into and it would be one station and it'd be a... a okay, can you describe what you're talking about? Like the echo? It echo looks things? like it's like a little microphone stand, but it's just got a little speaker that you yell into and there's an, an identical one across the other side of the it's playground. It's like a reverse megaphone looking thing? Okay. Yeah, and you speak into it and the person can hear it. Or I forgot what it was called, um, but it's that idea where there are these... Playing on the uh, idea of acoustics um, of two... Um, like half spheres like domes but that are like mm. perpendicular to the ground yeah and you sit in them and they as long as they're paired and they're you, facing each other but they can be like they're like concave um discs yes right? and mm-hmm. then you have to stand in like the very center of them and i think usually there's like a a marker or like some kind of wire thing to indicate where the center of it is so you can speak directly to it Right. Yeah. Am I thinking everything that you're thinking? Yeah, and you can. Yeah, you can kind of sit in this. And it's very get, clear in these domes, and they can be, they're across from each other, but they can be like, ten meters apart or something. Sure. Um, sure. And you can whisper in one, and then the, your partner who's sitting in the other could hear you perfectly clear as if they're like sure. in their ear. Um, yeah. Was it that was cool? And then I've been to it's in some some of the whisper domes. I think. Yes, um, yes. There's some buildings that are designed to, like cathedrals and in, churches, like, the center of an atrium. That too, yeah. The architecture um, or like design. a center of a domed atrium um, of some, I think some airports or just some places. They're great sound chambers. Royal Albert Hall, mm-hmm. um, famously, is like a very well-regarded um, recording place because the architecture of the acoustics. Like it's built for having concerts and performances and things like that over in London. And I remember visiting it and they had all these kind of like weird looking circular membranes that were like hanging from the ceiling. But I, I think they were concave, but my memory could be wrong. But, um, and I think the point of them is to reflect the sound waves from like the orchestra pit to the audience. And I think the best seats in the house are really the standing room places, um, penny farthing areas. You know, I guess that would be what it's called in Shakespeare's day you know penny farthings are the bikes but you know the standing room the groundlings 
place um, as opposed to the box seats where you have to, you know, you're supposed to pay more money. Um, but that's sitting on like the circumference of the place and the, the sound reflection is not as good there. So it pays mm-hmm. to be cheap, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, good, good stuff. Roll about Albert Hall. You know, well, and the people... materials used as well. The material science. Oh, there's a, a whole deal. material science and like audio engineering is great. Yeah. I want to learn more about it. Um, if anyone from Royal Albert Hall wants to correct me, please well, let us know. Or in Terabang, if you have any, <laughs> any background in uh, sound, acoustics, acoustics knowledge, it's always neat. Yeah. Um, I think oh, hmm. I, I have a fun fact about acoustics. Yes. Um, so, you know, uh, there's such thing as sound proofing or noise cancellation, right? Yes. Um, so the way like noise cancellation headphones work are, you know, like uh, the device say your headphones takes in what the ambient sound is you know like say your refrigerator you know the hum and like kind of puts the negative version of that mm-hmm. refrigerating frequency so you know you still feel like a little bit a little bit of pressure coming from your ears because it's like pumping that negative version so um scientists have sort of figured out how to reverse that a little bit in terms of like sonar technology mm-hmm. so they found a way instead of having the um say a submarine like blip um come and like ping off of something that thing can absorb and deflect it to different places so it doesn't go back to the thing that ping that sent out the ping so it renders it invisible via you know acoustic making devices like sonar Mm. or doppler which i thought well i guess doppler is light but the principle kind of applies well the doppler effect it's very cool as well. And they're cool sound effects yeah. that, that we hear and, and experience on a daily yes. basis, right? Like with police, ambulance, emergency vehicle sirens of how, you know, something, the volume of something <laughs> sounds different and distorted as yeah. it's approaching you versus sure. it's moving away. Yeah. Yeah. That's another cool um, thing. Phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Um, cool stuff. One thing I wanted to touch on before we kind of get into our, our, our music list, this will kind of help us segue. Is it music time already? Um, in a few minutes. Oh, okay. It's, um, but it's kind of, you know, so what we're doing today, you know, we have these new microphones and, yes. you know, modern era. And something I thought was interesting was kind of touching on like the history of recording sound. Ooh, and, yes. And kind of where it's come. So I don't know uh, an immense amount. I just can share a few, sure. a few bits that I know. And so, um, you know, something I feel... And, you know, history is kind of tough. You know, who was the first? Who was the first? And I think that's always kind of um, uh, something that people might um, contend over. But my my understanding, you know, Thomas Edison, you know, uh, invented many things, and he's credited. I believe or it was. Did he? Or did he? Yeah. Who was it really? <laughs> was it multiple people? Not getting into this. Not getting into these. Uh, that's uh, another argument for another conspiracy day, theories and everything. Mm. Have fun if you want with it in chirping, But well, I mean tesla but yeah okay keep going <laughs> but i know in 1877 i did verify this 1877 yes, yes 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 was when um thomas edison came out with his phonograph which was designed to record and play back sound and is a phonograph i'm sorry is a phonograph the same as a gramophone is that different i know it might be gramophone maybe for playing vinyls okay keep going sorry um but then 
two decades approximately before then in 1860 is actually the first time like sound was recorded and captured. It was by a French inventor. I'm going to try to say his name it was Edouard Leon Scott de Montonville. Um, he was like a stenographer, like someone who was known to like write things and convert things to speech. Um, but he kind of created this like, you know, the anatomy of the ear is you have the outer pinnate ear, which is like kind of helps to shape and bring in the sound waves. Funnel into the your sound ear. in, sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have your eardrum, your tympanic membrane is kind of like that thin kind of sheet, flat piece of membrane that helps, you know, bring in vibrate, yeah, vibrate and bring in the sound wave. So he kind of created a little bit something similar to that with like paper and had this like writing thing, created this cone shape to capture sound and the fir- it still exists it's it's kind of really awful pretty tough to hear but it's a it's a play on on, on the uh it's a it's a snippet um it's a french lullaby um Ooh, i had no idea that that's how the yeah photograph gramophone was made and it's called la Aclair de la lune it's a common old french lullaby so i wanted to share Ooh. that so different different from wc i think right Yes, different. Okay, that's just Claire. De Important Lille. distinction to me. Mm-hmm. And we'll be—I'll be adding these songs I'm mentioning in this kind of in our, in our Spotify playlist, which find um, in the description of whatever podcasting platform you are accessing this podcast episode from. Yes, we have a hyperlink in there, so always, always invite you to uh, to check that out uh, if you want to actually Please do. hear. And also, especially curated for you. Yes. I mean, we enjoy listening to ourselves, to be honest, we, to be selfish. But how narcissistic it sounds, but it's tech. It's quite solid. I mean, it's everything we talked about. So you're missing out if you haven't listened to it. But then kind of skipping forward to more modern day, I wanted to touch on two points that I'm aware of in kind of sound recording processing history is, um, sure. um, you know, we had you know, the, yeah, there was like the vinyl, like records and there was radio. And then we went into compact discs, like CDs. Oh boy. Um, and then in you know, the end of the nineties was when we, the big movement was from CDs to MP3s, like digital files, which is, which is a type of file we're going to be having this very episode on and uploaded and everything. Sure. Um, um, I did know there's a fun little story about the development of the, the team of sound engineers who came up with the first MP, who first developed MP3 file is that they utilized the song um, Tom's Diner um, by Suzanne Vega. Um, And for whatever reason, they were able to discover that when trying to compress, uh, because before this time, like you could already, you could already do this technology with sound, but it was the idea of having a complex like music thing with instruments sure. and voices and everything sure all the layers of that there's and a lot of dynamic range it's yeah not just like exactly. speaking tones or it's not just you know one type of right and like compressing yeah and compressing that um to be into the kind of a you know a small mp3 file a digital file so they for whatever reason they discovered that that song was a really good benchmark because for whatever reason the way it was produced and the way her voice sounded and the notes she used and etc and the type of instruments used whenever it would be compressed with kind of the older technology her voice would sound kind of off and distorted so they used that as kind of a, a test to determine when they had a properly found the correct way to do the formatting uh that's for so interesting the sound yeah i so- feel like when i listen to cds compared to mp3s it's very subtle mm-hmm. especially for vocal ones maybe because of this tom's diner as uh, used as a golden standard mm-hmm. but i think that the ones with more um instrumentation i'm able to tell the difference between 
more easily, uh, not always 100% guaranteed, but more easily um, because I feel like the compression, like you mentioned, is just a little bit attenuated. You know, um, some bits are cut off, the high yeah. bits and the low bits when it's compressed mm-hmm. um, to the MV3 form. But that's an interesting thing that they use the the, the vocals of Tom Steiner as like the, the gold standard. Yeah, I think it was also it was a, po- it was a popular song at that time as well. Sure. And just kind of, I kind of just like the chance coincidence that it was picked. It wasn't like yeah. the most scientific. Something's got to be. Reasons. Yeah, just kind of, it's just how it is. Um, and another aspect I wanted to touch on in, in kind of sound processing history was, you know, it's used, it's, I think it's a word that everyone's familiar with now is, you know, auto-tune in sound production of modern songs you know there's a big thing of you know there's the people judge the integrity of an artist of do they use lip syncing when performing and or do they use auto-tune to sound a certain way in order to i think auto-tune it gets a bad rap because it's just a tool like any other tool like you can use it as much or as little as you want yeah um but i feel like it's really become pretty well integrated into the music industry but you know now and um you know the first song that was credited um you know popularly credited with bringing auto-tune to the mainstream was Cher's um her song Believe I think it came out in like 2000 um I think maybe it was recorded in 1999 and around the same time uh, was another song that people again kind of contend is the actual what is the actual first song I'm sure there was someone in their basement how I'm just playing around with it like you know years before but this one maybe was the full-fledged formally produced sure. record label song but, sure. so there's yeah believe by share but also it's a, a song by um titled naive song by an artist named Mirways that came around the same time so i wanted to kind of just share those moments those moments in history that i, I know about uh, I, think, I think stephanie you have share some, those moments ah, I- hee, wah, wah, wah. But I think you have you came along with some spinoffs of at least. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mentioned. So for Tom's Diner, I remember I'm not going to sing the tune of the song for of Tom's Diner because there is copyright reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Centuries by Fall Out Boy, I think, is probably the most famous modern example. I say modern as in contemporary um, at time of at time of recording. It's still fairly popular to hear it on the radio like it's not a surprise if you hear it um centuries by fallout boy they they took the 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 theme the melody of it and then put new lyrics and jazz it up with their own spin mm-hmm. it's great it's catchy um and then another version of tom's diner called tom's diner um by this european i, I don't know his nationality um called giorgio Moroda. um he is, I think, like a, he, he's a guy who, like, makes music. He puts them together. I don't know if he, like I don't think he sings. Yeah, he produces music. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very, he is very popular in, amongst, like, the music scene. He's, like, influenced a lot of people. And he did um, a version of it with Britney Spears, um, which, pretty cool. I haven't heard her name in a while. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's, it takes the Suzanne Vega version which I believe is just all acoustic. It's just her voice. Like there's no instrumental um, instruments in it, right? And he kind of um, jazzes it up and makes it kind of more boppy. And Britney Spears comes and does the vocals for that. Um, and yeah, it's a solid piece of its own, I think. And it's, it's nice to see the evolution, you know? Um, you know, I love my, my spinoffs of original music and this, these two do not disappoint. Um, so beyond those, uh, there is yet another... <laughs> Giorgio Moroder 
collaboration this time with Daft Punk, um, who was one of the people that were very influenced by Murder's work. Um, and so they had, I, I love the story of this one, speaking of like the evolution of like sound and acoustic stuff. Um, they asked him to come into the recording studio and he was like, yeah, okay, great. All right. Um, they wanted him to talk about his like life growing up, you know, um, and like how he's made music and then, you know, what he was looking forward to in the future and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they had like three microphones for him. And he's like, well, are, you, are you afraid that, you know, maybe one of the microphones are going to go out? And the sound engineer is like, no, 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 no. Like the, the reason there's three is because they're from different eras. Mm-hmm. And we want you to talk about like your life story in these different eras with different microphones. He's like, well, surely they're, they're going to sound the same. Like, who's, no one's going to tell the difference. Like, no, no, no. Daft Punk will know. The guys who make, like, and so it's kind of that fun thing where, yeah, sure, it may not be, like, general public knowledge, but if you know, you know, and it feels good to mm. be, you know, you know? And, like, I listen, listen to, to it, it, and I can't really tell. Like, there's a little slight difference, and it's whatever, but, you know, to, to the people who make it, it's, like, a little special something. And I think, yeah. you know, having the microphones for us, even though you and Tara Bang may be like, hey, it's whatever, you know, I can still hear them no matter what. For us, it's like a little victory. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of, sh- we could shape our attitudes when we're recording. We're yeah, not like absolutely. white knuckling it, like, oh no, yeah. I hope they can hear. And I love the acknowledgement of, you know, like, I think it was like the microphones from the 60s, 70s, and modern days. So I believe mm. it was like the 2000s or so um, for Random Access Memories. Um, the album so oh, okay. that one's called Giorgio by Maroder sim- similar to like Mark Mark Jacobs <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious uh, so yeah that those are uh, some of my contributions oh thanks for that yeah and then I think a little change of direction mm. here um, so really getting into kind of Unless the music list that's like we just on our own were kind of like we thought of in terms of this whole topic of sound I mean very general but for whatever reason came up for us um, kind of talking a little bit more of things you mentioned earlier on the episode but one thing I wanted to start out with was that I always think is just really cool um, it's the the NASA mission or the Voyager the space probe um, how they have NASA released um, what they call space sounds and it's it's really just um you know, the spacecraft and they're moving around amongst the planets. Um, they were recording radio emissions, uh, you know, various whirling helium gases or coronal is mass the helium ejections. Gas from the probe itself, or is it just no, it's the from ambience like, of space? Ambience of space. Yeah. Lovely. Or also just, you know, so the so what NASA did they translated kind of these electromagnetic vibrations from various planetary interactions as the probe was like traversing through our galaxy um oh. and then converted them to sound and so um that's something that you know and so they released it it's and they have like the tracks are like each planet like when they were near each planet and it's not like staticky white noise no it's kind of this weird like it's kind of like a theremin kind of sounding like alien like okay like kind of eerie uh okay eerie right. noise so i think it's kind of a cool aspect of a way to sure. understand because you kind of picture space you know it's not it's not what you make your own mental image yeah i mean it's not it's converted like i said it's not it's you know it's converted things to sound converted from from what but the radio they use and other yeah yeah and the other electromagnetic radiation somewhat ironic you think with that radio yeah um but i think that's a neat thing another thing that we added to the spotify list was um 
you know, recordings of like, what sounds, wombs, like human wombs, like whenever there's a baby being developed. Are you talking about like, like the fluid in Yeah, womb, like embryonic like- fluid and like you can hear it. And so it's like when it's real recordings that like when you put in like probes, um sure in inside a, a mother like the pulsing room. of like veins or something yeah okay. you can kind of hear like the liquid moving and then like the the baby's heartbeat and it's the mother's weird to heartbeat. Describe, but I, I did hear a little bit of it and yeah. it, it's it's actually kind of comforting yeah and it's yeah it is some people use it as kind of comforting a little bit and i think it's just also just cool to like know like of that's kind of potentially what you would be listening to while yeah um, yeah as a baby i don't remember that aspect but but maybe it, deep down heartbeats do, do deep down do you remember yeah but yeah we yeah we're still coming by heartbeats but deep down i remember like it's... you know like i as a as a little child i would like you know like lay on my parents and like be able to hear the heartbeat and that was comforting you know mm-hmm. um but that's just like the steady thrum of blood life <laughs> lifeline yeah 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 so yeah, I guess there's some deep down thing. So cool, womb sound. All right. Yes. Um and oh, I guess it's my turn again. <laughs> um yeah, going into the uh furthering the theme of um babies and stuff like that. Uh there is this fantastic group called Rockabye Baby and they make instrumental covers mm-hmm. of um all kinds of contemporary songs um but with the lovely tinkle of xylophones and bells and like children's toys and it it's like a lullaby version of acdc um or connie west or oh, it's like know, a just, cover i see yeah it's a cover so i mean it's i don't want to pick out any particular songs because we haven't decided which ones we're going to put yet but they're all good and we'll include some that you should check out. But, um, you know, Queen's got some, even Ed Sheeran's got some. So uh, just give them a listen. They are fantastic. I love to listen to them. And I'm a fully, fun- quite questionably functional, but I'm a fully grown adult. <laughs> and I love <laughs> to listen to them unironically. I don't have any kids. I don't have any anything else to comfort except myself. So it's good, solid stuff. <laughs> Um, very soothing for you know if you want to get amped up or if you just want to like feel happy with your day you know it's just good good way to cheer up mm-hmm. um and okay what there is also um bbc radio 4 going going back to our um theme about like ambient stuff but like we're like out of the womb and like these are things that like we can actually like go and hear now like without any yes. kind of conversion yes, yes, or yes. anything yeah so BBC Radio 4 had like a some podcast uh, they released called um, F- Forest 404. And I forgot what the whole setup was. It was a little bit futuristic, but mostly like, can we preserve like the planet or, you know, like, uh, I think it was like a little bit set in the future where um, like animals and stuff have gone extinct. So you can't like to hear a bird twittering around in the trees. It was like unheard of, like it's because they're all mm. dead. Um so someone had like recorded it and then someone else had like stumbled across it. I was like, oh, what's this? It's so cool. I think I, I, I honestly kind of tuned out of the dialogue part because the I was just 
enraptured with the <laughs> the soundscape that um, Bonobo had mixed. So Bonobo is another music producer. Um, I think he's also European, but please, Bonobo, don't take me out if you're not. <laughs> um, I, I also feel that. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting because I wouldn't necessarily think of it as like music per se. I mean, everything can be music, you know, artistically speaking. Um, there are some like musical elements to it, but then he just puts like um, bird twitters and then it's just kind of like ambient and it's kind of mixed with what we'd consider that. And I'm rambling, but it's just, it's an interesting vibe. I've never really quite heard another thing like it um and so i so, did just check for you stephanie he is british yeah. and um yeah it's described as trip excellent aesthetic stuff. and as well as in, in other influences that deal with like tranquil electronic sound mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's a good one to check out if you want to check out the whole podcast or if you just want to listen to the theme he composed for it um i believe it is technically like three to four minutes but for whatever reason bbc made it like episode nine is like a 26 minute thing but i didn't hear anything for the last 22 minutes so you decide if you want to listen to (laughs) empty space for the rest of it it's a good time to ponder i guess um yeah it's very interesting um next song after that is uh you know i love this band you've heard me talk about their name a million times um so you're ross again uh again i'm probably gonna butcher the icelandic (laughs) but i think it's sphinx Girler. <laughs> Angler. Oh dear. It oh. has been S. It's it's wonderful. Um don't listen to my pronunciation. Uh just erase this, it from your this mind. This is why we have it linked in the in the playlist. So yes, yes. Um yes. but the, it's it's a lovely pun. It's a very niche pun, I guess. <laughs> but it's a pun of um Icelandic's word for um sleepwalker and sleep angel, which I think is like incredibly poetic. It's very like um thoughtful pregnant pause it's whatever you want to assign to it but for me i was thinking when i woke up today and re-listened to it for like the umpteenth time it reminds me like if you're imagine you're on a subway a submarine right and mm-hmm. um i know most modern submarines don't have like portals but imagine this one does and you're on a nautical exploration you're trying to find like i don't know some like a blanket octopus in the deep sea or something you know and you're mm-hmm. just kind of cruising along not necessarily like your destination or you know just looking around and so you've got the blip of the sonar going boop boop mm-hmm. boop you know and um you know there's like the echo of it you know around your ship and then you're just kind of like gazing out like you would like an airplane but underwater and you know mm-hmm. there's like the ebb and flow of the currents and maybe you're so deep underwater you can't quite see the surface waves but maybe you can like see the currents because you know like things are being swept up by it or you know like whales are coming by and then they're going away and then you know from your field of view um and uh i feel like this song kind of makes me think of that and just watching nature pass by but you know you're kind of submerged like you were saying like underwater sounds it sounds mm-hmm. a little bit different from you yeah. know what you'd usually hear for like other space but um you know find your own meaning to it if the submarine metaphor doesn't work for you uh, imagery sorry um you got but yeah me feeling really somber about especially you mentioned the whales because i was just reminded of like that one lone i think it's a blue well that's like the lonely blue well because it yeah it um for some reason Aww. it has um uh, vocal cords developed differently 
So it's calls yeah. um, cannot be heard okay. or registered so by other blue whales. People. So it just oh. literally migrates by itself. Water's lonely as a cloud. Yeah. Yep. It can't find oh. other whale pods and they can't respond find him. and communicate. Oh. So the scientists and researchers have like crossed paths with him. It is a male. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a confirmed male. It's a cross paths with him. I'm just imagining like these scientists are following him and they're just like, because he has no family, they're his cheer squad for him. They're like, you can do it. You can live. Go. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's very interesting just to, um, it's like how, I mean, I'm sure that can't be that rare. I'm sure that has to happen every once in a while. Oh, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. There's anomalies all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting. So for these, I next- believe you had. Yes, yeah, right. these next two songs kind of go together a little bit, you know, mm. so it's kind of like, you know, Stephanie who had a really wonderful presentation imagery of like being really submerged into nature. Mm. Um, but these next mm. two songs are mm. kind of coming from a different direction of like starting out more with the pedestrian urban kind of setting more modern industrial aspect of sure. Um, beginning with kind of these urban There's people involved traffic sounds yeah and so the two songs kind of together one is temple hoff by jan tiersen and the other um is um from the film august Ra- august rhapsody it's the the title of the august song. rush august rush i'm sorry it's my mistake movie august i'm rush. sorry but the song is called august rhapsody um excellent film by the way yes Yes, in terms of, you know, really appreciating the power of music. And it's a good story. And finding music wherever you go. Yeah. Lovely. Um, lovely very uplifting film. Um, but both of those, I kind of, you know, I liked um, the Templehoth song. I would remember I would listen whenever I was living um, um, kind of in a pretty dense urban setting. And it kind of helped, you know, because it, it met me where I was in kind of a concrete area very <laughs> jungly and you could hear all the Concrete road noises jungle, and sure. yeah yeah and um but then it kind of so it met me where i was which was nice to be met instead of having me to having to go to it because sometimes in music you have to like yeah. get to it and it takes an effort oh, to sure. get there but it met me right where i was absolutely and then brought me to a higher level and i feel that those two songs do that for me at least i remember i was hearing i was listening to august rhapsody and i've heard this song so many times and yet i was in an urban setting like you mentioned and um i believe there are police cars somewhere and i could see the sirens but i couldn't hear them and then i heard them but it was from the song it was just perfectly cued and then Mm -hmm. i was like oh thank goodness that i (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness um but no it's kind of interesting that uh you know they were all Mm -hmm. lined up but it was just like you know time where where life meets um happy little accidents isn't that what bob ross used to say yeah happy accidents yeah yeah lovely stuff yeah um yeah and then uh last song um is this lovely like sort of somewhat spacey song called dream by sean mendez from his latest album at time of recording um and how would you describe it michelle i don't know uh, for some reason like it, it's a song that the that the hook the, the hook or the sorry the chorus just sticks in your head that's all i can remember in this moment yeah. and it is it's definitely got a lot of reverb and it's funny that it does reverb in your head yeah like it, it still kind of like reverberates and echoes a bit in your head naturally yeah it's a bit of an earworm um, there 
but it's um it's got a lighter feel, a lighter weight to it, and it's kind of a pop mm. pop rock genre, I would say. A little bit. Yeah, I think I think it's a good it's a good fusion. Like it, it definitely tried to go in the spacier direction from what I think yes. Sean Mendes is used to creating. Um, you know, toward towards the direction I guess like dream pop or something, mm-hmm. like Cigaros. Um, but he still had to bring in those pop roots, and um, it's yeah. kind of an interesting fusion. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of our our list of music for this episode. And I think one thing I wanted to touch and kind of end today's episode with, um, thanks so much, Interbing, for for listening in. And it's been a real pleasure spending time with you, for me at least. Um, Hope it sounds all right. Yeah. But one of my favorite things about sound is like silence sometimes when it's like when some things are so silent you can like hear the silence i thought you were going to reference the simon and garfunkel song i try to avoid it i want mm. but sound of silence yes that phrase and also it's a popular song and i guess i just wanted to end this episode um just like with just a few seconds of just like holding that silence and just kind of Maybe that's what the BBC episode nine was all about. This 22 minutes. Perhaps. But before we close, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll close out today. Um, and you know, we'll still have our chime at the very end, but just wanted to just offer that up to, to you all and whatever comes into your memory, maybe apologies if our um, runaway trains of thoughts enter your mind and bombard you as they're passing by. Just parking at another station. Yeah. But uh, no, thanks so much for for joining us in Terabang. Um, hope you have a wonderful, restful, and peaceful day or night, whichever it is for you. But yeah, take care. Have a good one.